It's Monday, November the 6th, and we have Trey Owens of Soul Taco, Jufro, and the new Petersburg Food Hall. Scott and I, as MCs of a bake-off, and again, some openings and some closings. Welcome to Eat of Virginia. Virginia, your number one podcast source for food news and interviews with the people who make Virginia restaurants great. Follow us on social media at Eat It Virginia and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. My name is Scott Wise and I'm joined as always by my friend, my friend, Roby Martin. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. It's my favorite time of year, Roby, because we're now the same age again. We are the same age again. You were older than me for a little bit. Now I'm I'm caught right up. You always seem to catch up, and that's one reason why I love you so. We're old people now. We've reached over (laughs) the sad hump in a a totally different decade. But that you know what? They still want us to be MCs places. They still want us to MC things. We will get to our MC hammer duties in one moment. And we'll also get to our interview with Trey Owens, who just got back from a pretty um, spiritual, informative, incredible intense. visit in is intense visit to Israel. Obviously, before the war started, but um, we'll get to all that in a moment. Uh, but first, the world wants to know, Roby, what does Roby Martin, Queen of Richmond Food, do on her birthday? She goes to Odyssey <laughs> and eats bow and eats all the bow food, every eats bow food. All, so, what exactly does that mean? Well, let's see. We mostly had almost the entire menu at Odyssey. My young, youngest sister and my older brother came into town, and obviously Ryan came with. Um, we ate scallops. We ate pork. We ate this beautiful dish of red cabbage. We, I mean, we ate everything. We ate everything. Notable. Yes. So Odyssey has stopped brunch, which is very sad that people did not partake in the Odyssey brunch because Bo was doing some fun stuff. Bo was making his own McGriddle. Well, Ryan really loves them. Like he has a love-hate relationship with McGriddles, which I think probably everybody does. Okay. So as a birthday cake, Bo made him a frying pan size. Instead of icing, the pancake was covered with um, sausage slices mcgriddle cake i think my sister and my brother were like what is happening very very nice um so if you guys are looking for somewhere to spend your birthdays as you get at that when you turn a thousand and one this is a good place for you to go well happy birthday roby and um thank you to many more let's hope so so you're going to MC with me in a couple weekends this will be our first MC gig at the great bake-off what exactly do you think, well, you've done this before, but I had never done this before. So tell me, what do I have to look forward to at Tablespoons Bakery later this month? I've actually never been on this side. The last two years, or at least the two years that it has, it's been going on for, this will be in its third year, I have been a contestant baking the previous two years. And the individuals that come, they bake with one of the students in Tablespoons which they have diverse abilities and they teach them how to be a part of the kitchen and all of that stuff. So everybody gets paired with an individual who is a student or such graduate of Tablespoons and you bake things. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you and seeing the folks at Tablespoon, our friends over there and um, supporting the, the good cause. It's like this cause is meant for you. It's all sweets. That's true. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so this you- is um, Saturday, November 18th. November 18th over at Tablespoons, which is off of Forest Hill Avenue in South Richmond. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm, I should be a good time. I think there's going to be a lot of baked treats there. Um, maybe some adult and non-adult beverages. Speaking of adult beverages, on Sunday, this upcoming Sunday, November the 12th, we have the first natural wine festival in Richmond. And we got some cool things with respect to this festival. Like for the first time, I think we'll have um, someone like the wine director of Noma here in Richmond. I don't know if you're familiar with Noma, but it's been the world's best restaurant for years. 
Um, I'm on the waiting list to get in. I'm waiting for the text to let me know my table's ready. If you get a table at NOMA, we are both going to Copenhagen immediately, but you don't have to go to Copenhagen on Sunday. You can just watch Mads and a couple of other individuals in panels at the Wine Festival. The ticket is really inexpensive for what you get. So if you haven't looked that up, it's Encounter Wine. I will be there because I like to know more about wine. We have a ton of restaurants that are opening and a couple that are closing. And we have all of your news headlines that you've been writing, busy writing away. We'll talk about all of those things about after our interview with Trey. Let's get now with Trey Owens, the owner, co-owners of Jufro Soul Taco. Got. Yes, ma'am. Um, when was the last time you had a really good taco? A really good taco? Mm-hmm. I try to have one weekly. What? I try. Tacos are, are, are one of my staples. Well, we have someone from Soul Taco with us today, and he can tell you what a really good taco tastes like, hey. along with fusion food, and <laughs> maybe he's helping build a food hall. Hi, Trey. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I am doing swell. Good. Well, this is your, <laughs> what, second time with us? I think so. Yeah, yeah. During COVID, I believe, we met on the videos. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and the now, virtual world. Yeah, the virtuals. We, we winked at each other on the virtuals. I think you were in your yard. I think so. I was I in your so. yard, Roby. I remember that. You, he, he was definitely in my yes. yard. So. The social distance. I feel like we're in this nice pattern now where we're getting some of our favorite people back on the podcast in person mm-hmm. as opposed to on Zoom I, that I, we did I during really 2020. Like no, that's what I'm saying. It's great. Oh, good. I, I thought know. he was no, going to no. say this is a pattern and we need to stop the it's pattern. A, <laughs> it's a positive pattern I as it. I pop my peas on the microphone. I'm into it. <laughs> I think things happen face... I mean... Obviously, let me just state the obvious. I think things happen face to face like a differently than they happen over the Zooms, they right? Do. They do, they do. Yeah, so you know, learn a little bit more, get some body cues from you know, just in case he's like, Don't say that. I, I, mean, I wouldn't know that over the Zoom. <laughs> I'm right? an open book. I, I don't think we're gonna have much, uh, you know, don't say that with this interview. Well, uh, if it yeah, happens, it happens. I, I, I try to be an open book. So let's talk oh. about your life since the COVIDs have occurred. Oh, Lord. Um, I assume you still grew up in Folden Hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's still true. <laughs> I just learned from you that you have 20 nieces and nephews. Yes. So technically I have 21. Uh, one passed. Oh, uh, goodness. I'm so, sorry to hear that. Um, so, yeah. But, um, yep. Yeah. Uh, 20, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Lord. 15 uh, nieces and nephews and then five great nieces and nephews. I just think that's crazy so town. kind of like a grandparent. You're, mm-hmm. You have to be the best uncle. This came up in discussing Scott's daughter who drove to school <laughs> for the first time oh, today. Lord, yes. <laughs> oh, Nerve-wracking times. family Nerve-wracking things. times, to say the least. But. Yes, it just all sorts of crazy. So, all right. Jufro, Soul Taco. Um, both Second Street, no longer. Yeah, Second Street is no more. But Soul Taco lives hmm. on at twelve fifteen East Main Street. Perfect. Six and days a week. Six days a week. Yeah, yeah. And Jufro's busy getting tons of awards. Want to talk about that? Um, uh, <laughs> awards. I mean, you know, it's uh, accolades. You know, yeah. positive press. Yeah, I try not to to rest too much on the laurels. You know what I mean? Because I feel like you if you do that and you get lost in that side of it, and then you forget what you're here to do. Um, so it it not not like disrespecting it or anything like that. So it's always like, oh, that's cool, but then like let's focus on what we're doing. Um, just because I, I feel like a lot of places that those things define them. And I feel like we're working toward a, a, a bigger picture, and especially now with all of uh, of what's happening in the world, I, I feel like we we have a, a duty to you know these two cultures to actually pay respects to them in an honest way. Um, and so I, I try not to pay attention to too much. Sure. And for people that may not have listened to the first one, do you want to explain what Jufro is from a 
food concept. Um, yeah, absolutely. So Jufro is a combination of Jewish and African food. Um, so African as in the continent of Africa, including Madagascar. <laughs> and, Don't forget Madagascar. Uh, right. Um, so it's inclusive of all of the countries from... Uh, you know, a, a part of Africa, and then the Jew part, follow uh, or speaks for kind of like just the diaspora of Jews. There are Jews everywhere, uh, pretty much, and and they except all except Madagascar. Except, well, ironically, <laughs> there may be I don't know. <laughs> um, but um, so yeah, it's it's a, a fusion of the two of them. Um, oddly enough, it's like we all we're doing is like fusion stuff. We can do other things, but um, I feel like the fusion is where it is because honestly, it, it it would bring two people or two uh, two groups of people together that may not otherwise uh, you know congregate uh, and start a conversation that may not otherwise happen. So I feel like I have a, a big duty to foster that. I don't I don't pick sides. I just give them a good meal and y'all can talk it out. <laughs> and, a, and a good way to talk about things is definitely over a meal. You mentioned that you don't want to get bogged down with awards and accolades because and, it, it, you lose track of your focus. So right. that's the focus, what you just said? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the focus is to, to bring people together uh, and to... Start or and continue the conversation um, about these two. Like I said, uh, well, I call them culinary pathways because that's the way I approach them. But these two cultures um, and what is so similar about them, you know, and and what we can all learn from putting the two together rather than always kind of like separating the two. Can you enlighten us on what does make them so similar? Oh, um, it, it, from which which viewpoint? Whichever you want to tell me. Um, so I learned in on my trip to Israel um, that there are, um, well, I didn't learn this there, but I, I got to meet some of the people. But um, in Ethiopia, there is a group of Jews that had lived there and been keeping all of the laws since forever. And eventually, you know, times were, you know, kind of turbulent over there. I'm trying to watch what I say because I don't want to disrespect anyone's culture, but times were turbulent. And the is Israeli, I learned how to say that, <laughs> and the U.S. government together um, put together uh, 35 of um, 35 planes. They took all of the seats out and they took these Jews to Israel. Um, and there's a um, a whole community of them, and we actually went to one of their restaurants over there, Balinjera, and we danced and we ate Ethiopian food. Um, and they are uh, Ethiopian Israeli Jews. So, how does that food? Like, what did? Because you know, this is like like all things I love to hear, right? Because mm -hmm. I think that the mesh of all of this had to just make some amazing food. What did you eat? And what was different oh, than everything. your traditional, or in my head, traditional Ethiopian food, right? Like what I have here, mm -hmm. um, and I'll go with a couple restaurants, Addis, Nile, that, you know, that's mm -hmm. my idea of Ethiopian food. Um, what, or at least Richmond's idea of Ethiopian food, what was different there? Um, surprisingly, nothing. What? It was, it was exactly it was exactly what I expected. So Indira, every right, uh, right. Uh, she didn't have a lot of that because the kitchen was kind of limited. It was a smaller sure. uh, place, and it was like forty of us, and we were all were just like, "Hey, we're here." You know what I mean? Now we'd like uh, <laughs> we'd right. like everything. Um, but they, of course, knew that we were coming, so they did have some stuff out. But I mean, I ate like a little piglet. I ate everything. That's not very kosher of you, even I, like a piglet. I mean, okay, yeah, like like um, <laughs> something else that yeah. eats a lot. <laughs> just, Ate, ate as much as you could a little a, a rhinoster a rhinoceros I'm not sure that's kosher either but anyway um, moving right along you said you he didn't eat he didn't eat a piglet he right. ate like, like a piglet like yeah. that's a little better so I do want to talk all about this trip but let's just take it a step back okay, because sorry. you 
just got back from Israel a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, I followed your journey over social media and I actually reached out to you and said, I don't want to talk about this. Um, yeah. And then Roby set up this interview. So perfect timing. Well, not really perfect timing, but whatever, whatever word you want to say. Timing. Right. So I, am, yeah. I am Jewish and I have been to Israel. Ah. It's been a long time since I've been there. I was there in the nineties. Um, so I'm curious Well, you're and my daughter was there this summer. She was there in July. Oh wow. On like okay. a student, student trip. Yeah. And so I'm curious, I'm assuming you're not Jewish. I don't know. I'm not. Okay. So I'm curious what your overall experience was like, both uh, culinary and culturally and religious. And I just want to hear it all. So, um, okay. <laughs> In um, the beginning. Uh, right. <laughs> well, first, what made you, like, from someone who's not Jewish and has never been to Israel, what made you wa- go to Israel? Okay, so with Jufro. What made you? Why did you decide? That's a terrible <laughs> sentence. The Lord baby. came down from <laughs> the mountain and said, Trey. It was almost like that, okay? <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, so with Jufro and what we are doing, um, the Schusterman Family Philanthropies found me. Schusterman? Schusterman. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it is a Jewish organization um, and they find people all in all different like sectors um, that they want to take to Israel and have them experience what it is like in Israel, what life is like. Uh, and they kind of split the, the groups up into different um, uh, like focuses. And mine was taste, of course, because I'm in the food. And, oh my God. So I had the arduous task of going to like five different places to eat <laughs> every single day for heavy. eight days. Oh my God. <laughs> so, Don't know how I did so it. So heavy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, they. but along the way, we went to these uh, amazing, we talked to these amazing people. I got to meet people um, like Hadai. He was uh, from a kibbutz. He brought us some of the herbs and things that he was growing over there. He talked to us and he was almost like a poet the way that he explained everything. He was like, he was very touching. He had a couple of us crying. I didn't cry though. Um, and then <laughs> um, inside, you cried in. Yes, yes. I cried with my heart. Um, but um, oh, it's, it's so hard to put it all together. I'm still trying to wrap my brain around it. And then, like with all of what's happening now, like we we even got to go into Palestine, uh, and I went to a couple of restaurants over there. Um, and I have to stop short of like saying anything more than I did get to cook with a chef over there. I can't say who it was or anything like that. And like that is crazy to me because if I were to like put a picture out or something like that, I could endanger this person's life. This individual let me into the kitchen and I got to cook with them and see how their kitchen is set up. They completely let us in. Uh, and was this in in uh, the the Gaza area? Or the it West was Bank not in area? Gaza. It was in West Bank. Yeah. Um, but like, I'm I'm even shaking right now talking about it because like to to think that all of these people could just be like in a full blown war, like yeah, you know, all centered on them. Like it's not fair. It's not fair. Um, but anyway, if there is even a but anyway to that, but um. Uh, it, it was an amazing experience. I got to, to... Sorry. Yeah, take your time. It's big. <laughs> um, uh, I got to, to just, you know, like, just taste my way through Israel. We were in Tel Aviv. We went to Jerusalem. We went to the Golan and stayed in this, oh, my God, uh, hotel. I don't even remember the name of it. I just remember just saying, oh, my God. What were your... What were your impressions of that region before going, and how was how was the reality met? So I will say my dad is a history buff, <laughs> and I think I got that from him because I didn't really have a choice. But um, like the History Channel and all of that was his favorite. Um, so I did get to you know learn a lot about it. Um, and I did do a lot of reading about it. So I think that I was a little, little, um, prepared for it, but I definitely did get to see more, (laughs) just so much more. And like, and 
on this trip specifically, we got to meet, like I said, Palestinians. We got to meet Israelis. We got to meet Ethiopian, Israeli Jews. We got to meet uh, Palestinian, Muslim. You know what I mean? Like it was just so many different people that we got to meet and talk to that it it was like, I, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, it's like there's so many people here. But the the what I really learned and saw was that the people themselves all got along. It was only that when I got into like formal places, I'm not gonna say where, but and I got in, into more formal settings that you could kind of see the the divide. And it's like, you know, like people just referring to other people in a certain kind of way. And it's just like, come on, you know, like the, these people who I went and I met and bumped shoulders with, you know what I mean? They, they don't feel that way. And it sucks that they have to have, you know, these entities representing them. And so, yeah, I have to, I'm going to stop there. <laughs> I'd say I'm, I'm sure like your personal feelings have come into it because you've been so close to those individuals. And I know that it's incredibly yeah. hard to separate it. I, I have personal relationships. Obviously I've never been to Israel. It's incredibly hard for me to se- separate what's going on right now without some mm. sort of emotion attached to it. And I'm sorry that we're asking you to do that, but my, no, okay. I, I am going to maybe bring this back into a lighter place. Maybe not. So mm. we'll see. <laughs> um, I am always interested in other cultures food spices all of that stuff and i have i have deep respect for places um that utilize spice better than where i grew up which is here in the united states and i find that almost all other countries are active in their spice usage as opposed to fat usage right what did you find they're all different what you've named and I'm sure they're all using predominantly different spice profiles. What did you find that spoke to you when you were like, was it this incredible? I mean, Ethiopian food is like super colorful, right? Mm-hmm. Like, did you find like that was huge because of the spices they use there, like Burberry and stuff like that? Like, tell me th- about that. What I what I found <laughs> was funny was that... Um, Ceviche was everywhere. I'm sorry, ceviche. Ceviche was everywhere. Like ceviche they're using is citri- like like acid yes. and fish. It was everywhere. Like what type of fish? And I would have never have thought that. It was at, at same. I'm like ceviche? ceviche. Right. They had ceviche everywhere. Well, I mean, there was a place that had ceviche. It, yeah. It, <laughs> I mean, and like, that was exactly now, what it was. The sea is right there. I, yep. I mean. Of course, I just wrapped my head around that, yep. but like nobody thinks, oh, I'd like it. it I, now I do, but I'd like it in Israeli ceviche. Right, right. But like, tell me about it. Right. It I'm was, sorry I don't think that, but. Yeah. Um, we have been like ceviche to death. Um, and <laughs> I'm um, not a huge fan of ceviche, but I will eat any, I will try anything twice. Um, that's my rule, because, you know, the first person could have messed it up sorry yeah and the second time you need a photo right right, you know like if the next person did it right then you're like oh okay i understand this and then you can continue from there um but um the so it, it was it was very fresh it was extremely fresh it felt like you know the little little guy was swimming that morning um and the the spice usage was like it was informed if I if That's I can if I can say way that. To put it, yeah. Um, however, comma. Okay. <laughs> the salt. Where was the salt? Oh, really? So just, salinity yes. is not a thing. I, maybe okay. maybe it's just like my American palate because okay. I need salt. Okay, I need uh, salt. A salt. So, <laughs> yeah. did you watch them break down large fish or small fish or for this, or was there a certain predominant fish that was utilized? Um, the, filter fish. It, it was it, surprisingly, I did not see any. I, think it's an American thing. I wanted to <laughs> right. I was like, I want to try it. I'm over here. Like, where is it? And uh, apparently, they don't. They don't do that. They don't, it's it's like everything. We, I mean, we we totally dominate everything oh wait 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 no i think i did we went into um this uh 
ultra orthodox. I learned that too. Like, I think that someone told me that Hasidic was like an insult, and they prefer to be called like ultra orthodox. There's an old joke. If you ask 100 Jews a question, you're going to get 100 different answers. So, right. I don't know. <laughs> right. And I heard that a lot I over here, too. I can't give you a, a definitive answer on that. So I think I right. just roll with it. Right. So to be say. respectful to the community I went to, it was an ultra-Orthodox community. Okay. And we were in, like, the, the town, and then they took us to, like, this back alley, and we went into this one place, and then we went up a set of stairs that looked questionable you know i have to question these kind of things because i'm not like the skinniest guy uh and then we went up to the top and then we sat and they gave us um cholent no idea uh and we had cholent and what is that it's like um um uh how do i it's like a jewish um uh, uh beef stew if oh. you will yeah Yum. It was like good beans and 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 yeah, <laughs> like Overnight, potatoes. Google says, <laughs> no, sorry, this is not Google. Overnight Jewish stew typically started on Friday afternoons and yeah. allowed to cook overnight to be eaten at noon on Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Beef, short ribs, beans, potatoes, onions, honey, and smoked paprika. Will you spell it for yeah. me? C H O L E N T. Ooh. Yeah, yeah Cholent. Good. I, that, that's something I feel like should come out at the Jufro. Yeah, <laughs> I think we we've done it before. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It was a it's a, a part of um it was a part of a fish dish, I believe it was. I don't know. So Ari, who is ADHD, I'm diagnosing him. We'll change that menu so many times that I can't even keep up. Like I'm like, well, what are we doing today? Because I'm mostly in Soul Taco. So um so like what's what's happening over there? I'm like, hey hey guys, what's happening? I need to know. Okay. So you have <laughs> cholent, which sounds great. Yes. And then you built a fish. And then we went, oh, when we left there, we went to another little like deli place and we went into like the back of it. And I was like in everyone's way because we went on Friday just before um, Shabbat. Okay, I'm getting it right. I got you got it. it. <laughs> right before Shabbat. So in, in that ultra-Orthodox community, like everybody was just running back and forth. It reminded me of Harry Potter, you know, when he gets to um, Hogwarts and everybody's just like <laughs> shuffling about and they all had on like the little black suits with the hats. It was cute. Um, but uh, <laughs> it was pre- they were, clothing probably. They, they were all, clothing, really. yeah. they were just like running like they were, it, it was just, it, it, it just get, trying to get their stuff, you Gotta know. get them before sundown. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, it, so that was a really cool experience but we went into like the back of this little deli and they gave us um gefilte fish and two other things that i cannot remember but you remember that one which i like yeah i love yeah, it yeah it yeah I, I, i'm so thrilled that you got this opportunity because oh, i feel like that there's going to be things that might you might not be able to connect the dots with over there for oh, quite some time yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah yes and this just to be just so we're all on the same page we're recording this on um october 25th you're listening to this now in november we don't know what happens between october 25th and when this podcast and comes when this out podcast right. comes out so obviously the things we're talking about now yes, could be in a, a complete a different space hour by hour situation yes um, what is not an hour by hour situation is young Trey growing up in Richmond. Yeah. What led young Trey growing up in Richmond young to Trey? That is your DJ name. <laughs> young Trey. Hey, hey. To the food world. Um, my granny. Yeah. <laughs> we hear that um, so often. I know. During this podcast, everyone's grandmother is yeah, is their inspiration. Yeah. What was your grandmother's name? Uh, her name was Lassie Russell. I love it. What a great name. <laughs> Hopefully a restaurant name at some point. <laughs> and tell us uh, what about her uh, um, inspired you. So when I was little, my parents would like take me over there. She was like the babysitter sometimes. Um, and, you know, as a kid, you're like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Uh, but I was a fat kid. So uh, my granny would always cook. She cooked every meal. She never went to a restaurant that I can remember. If so, she was taken to it. She did not go to it. Um, and so she would just always be cooking. So I'm always in the kitchen because I was a fat kid. And Stop saying that. I was a fat kid and I okay. still am. I'm not. <laughs> oh, okay, pudgy. Right. Beautiful. Um, Excuse the word beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Enjoy um, good food. Come yeah, on. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the best way. I, you like good food. So, of course, you're in yeah, the kitchen. Yeah. Fat's not a bad thing. Um, but, um, 
she would always let me try everything. Uh, and eventually, I developed a balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she'd be like, well, what's missing in this? What's going in there? Um, it's kind of like pretty convenient that she did that because she ended up getting Alzheimer's so she would kind of forget things and so you were right there for her when I could be unfortunately like uh, you know you get older and you get busy you can't be around and stuff but um yeah she's she's the the one who like fostered the 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 palette and where what part of town was she and um um, she was like Central Gardens area. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, what was she making in her kitchen that you that you remember? Like, what were some of the fish? <laughs> you went fish again. She yes yes she ate fish probably five times a week. Uh, I mean, like serious. Like she would make sometimes she would make salmon, and then the next morning she would scramble it into eggs, and I'm just like okay. Like she would find every way yeah. to eat fish. Uh, but once again, I think that came in, you know, in handy because, you know, eventually Alzheimer's, but she held it off for a good, a good while. Um, and so uh, that's what I remember the most. Like she would fry it, she would bake it, she would do anything to the fish. Um, and sometimes uh, in my younger years, she would actually like catch the fish and then be cleaning it and, and like, you know, um, what am I trying to say? Not shocking it, but you know what I mean. Oh yeah, descaling. Descaling. Sure. So she'd be out of the James River. <laughs> she'd be um, out of the James River. Um, no, she would go to uh, the Chesapeake, which is pretty oh. much the James River. You right. know, okay. a tributary. Yeah. Um. Uh, and um. Or if somebody would go out fishing, mm-hmm. she would you know tell them to bring her something, and so she would get the f- the fresh fish with the heads on. Yeah. And she would scale it, gut it, all of that. She taught me how to do a lot of that stuff I feel like it would be more like muscle memory than actual memory now though because it's been a long time and and I haven't done that with fish but um yeah she she was yeah that's what I remember the most is fish so when did you decide to make it your career uh it decided for me honestly um I'm a fly by the seat of my pants kind of guy I'm all I will always just chase an opportunity that's why like I've worked military ships cruise ships i've done all kinds of things um in the kitchens or um other things you pretty much in the kitchens and all of them um but um i'm gonna make this as short as possible okay promise um (laughs) so after high school here in in richmond i did one year in j sergeant Reynolds, and then like my friend passed so i was like i gotta get away from here moved to hawaii because um, yeah that's what same people do no um i just moved to hawaii I think, people do. <laughs> I think about it all the time and i, I don't think i'm insane She's far from saying <laughs> yeah. yeah so i just like bought my little ticket and flew over there and got uh, you know found a little apartment one-way ticket uh-huh yep. good for you yep i had enough little money saved up with the roommates that i had uh to pay my rent for like seven months so i did that and i just hiked around and then eventually i got a job on uh the cruise ship because i had a hawaiian address hey okay um so worked on a cruise ship and washing dishes Mm-hmm. And then eventually, it's very integral to the kitchen. Do not, yeah, he knows. Know, do not step on a dishwasher, man. They run in the whole kitchen, really. Exactly, exactly. Um, so I learned so much from doing that. Um, and then eventually, they I got the position of utility galley. Hey. Nice. That means I get to go around to all the kitchens after the chefs have been in there and destroy them, mm-hmm. and I get to restore them to the you know the ting when you come in there in the morning yeah so that's me at night with like a crew of some people sometimes none just me cleaning the kitchen Mm. (laughs) Um, but I learned a lot there as well learned how all the equipment and everything works and I also learned how to get on the good side of a chef What's the secret? Um, wash the dishes. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Really, is just. A, I mean, that like, can work in like relationships too, it's marriages, a, it's, it's everything, fathers it's like and really sons. Really, a life lesson. <laughs> yeah, wash if, the dishes. Wash yeah. the dishes, but I mean, like, really wash them. Like, have them clean, and then have them back where they expect them to be. All right. It's it's almost like you know helping a surgeon. You know, when he asks the 
person who helps the surgeon. Nurse. Uh, yes. Nurse yes. practitioner. Nurse practitioner. Individual uh, surgical assistant. Yes. All of those. Uh, when he, he's like, you know, scalpel or, or whatever, they expect them to be in a certain place. Six you know, inch saute. So that they can do their job because sometimes, you know, it's like, yeah. Um, so that's just all it was. Um, so how for how long were you on the boats? I was on the cruise ship for like two years. Just moving um, up the... The ladder, the chain. So, yeah, nah, oh, okay. kind of really. <laughs> just, just working in that same place. But I, I also operated a spotlight in a show uh, some nights. Like a literal spotlight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, we, you know, when they were on there doing like the little dances and stuff like that, it's me holding the spotlight, like moving it around right. and all of that. Um, An invaluable then, member of the cruise ship team, it yes, sounds like. Integral. But also yeah. traveling at the same time. Exactly. And I was 19 years old. So perfect. Yep. And then they sent me to a new ship that was in, uh, Amst- well, in Germany, but they flew me into Amsterdam. So here I am, 19, being flown into Amsterdam. Lost my mind. Lost my mind. What a beautiful city. We'll just go with that. Yes, exactly. Um, so then we were in Germany for a while. But, it, uh, you know, after that, I ended up going to military ships, which is a completely different experience altogether. Now, what what year? I'm trying to put this on the timeline. Where this are we like talking 2008 about? 2008 now. Okay, 2008. Um, yeah, I'm old. So you went from um, cruise ships and, yeah. act and people dancing around in the evening to military ships, which are like very small hallways and right. the tiniest of state rooms. But you are not in the military or, or were you? No, it was okay. the Department of Defense. Okay. Uh, so we were moving food, fuel, and bombs. Oh, okay. Fun, right? Um, so that it, that w- that happened pretty much in the Middle East. So I got to go to some pretty cool countries, you know, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, um, Dubai. Actually, that in the cool. in in the country, or kind of just on the ships on the. I got to go like out nice. in, in um, Italy, Greece, uh, Spain. You know, we went all over, and of course, I was eating the entire time. Um, so we got to one of my favorites or one of my highlights was um, uh, Naples, Italy. Oh my God, the pizza! What is this? Um, like, yeah, it was so good. Uh, but uh, during any of this period of travels, were you saying I need to get back to Richmond to open up a a taco I, restaurant? No, 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 no. I'm <laughs> sorry. That, yeah. So I was working in the supply department on that. So that was learning how to order like food, fuel, and bombs. bombs. I went to an actual school. To how does one order a bomb? Or- Just had a curiosity. Can't really even tell you that. No. Oh. Because it's I top mean, secret? If he tells you, he has to kill you. Oh, right. It's let's not a, top secret, but it was secret. It was, okay. yeah. So we won't I, get I, you in trouble. I can't really tell you, but there's like... A lot a of secrets specific, you're bringing to this podcast. I think they probably have outdated it by now, but there's a specific, like, uh, it, it, we call it, they call it a language that, you know, there's like a, it, yeah, it's like a, a it's long like Amazon. strip. You don't, you don't click on the bomb you want. Right. No, delivered. no. Right. It's like a long strip of information that you have to be able to read and understand where everything goes. It'll tell you the life of the bomb, like where it came from and where it's moved to and how it's been moved and things like that. It's kind of a sobering experience. Yeah. Or, yeah. Ordering weapons. And then I left that because I was like, okay, this is crazy. Uh, we had an experience with like pirate ships. <laughs> In the streets of Hormuz, it was crazy. Wow. Um, yeah. So I had to get Captain out of Phillips, that. Captain Phillips is that part of your situation? It, it would no, It was close, maybe, but no. We were on. We were like with a destroyer and things like that. So it probably wouldn't have happened. And we had like fifty cows on, and they were just like on fishing boats, you know, just yeah. coming too close to like. Yeah, yeah, it's scary in, the, in those waters. You don't yeah, know what's going on. they put us on lockdown and stuff. I remember all that yeah. being on your situation, but I remember, yeah. you know. Yeah, I was like, all right, I got to get out of this. I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I got to get back home. Yeah. So I came back home, uh, and then... Um, what was your plan when you came back home? I didn't have one. I was just like, I got to get out of that. And then I was just like, I'm going to go back home and figure it out. And okay. I tried to and I couldn't really so I then ended up going to like Maryland and as a friend as a favor to my cousin um, they allowed me to work in a restaurant as a server and like prior to this I didn't know anything about serving I don't know anything about being a server but you know as a favor to him they let me in and I was I saw how much money these people were making it was in the National Harbor at a restaurant called Ketchup it's not there anymore 
Um, I've been there. Uh, really? I went there. Yeah. 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 They were making so much money there. Okay. And I was just like, oh, all these people coming into this restaurant and everything's moving so fast. And it's just like ketchup. It's like burgers and fries. Like, I can do this. I can do this. I've got this. I can do this. Uh, so I got in there and I proved to myself that I could do it. Uh, and I got really good. And we had a new management team come in. Uh, from the previous management uh, and a part of that staff was Ari. Nice. And that's how I met him. Um, uh, eventually I ended up leaving there and doing all kinds of stuff and life just dragged me for you know quite some time, probably like 11 years. And then Ari uh, sent me a message and was like, hey, you ready to do this restaurant thing? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I always tell people, you know, the job on the cruise ship, washing the dishes and learning how to clean all of the equipment. I learned about the equipment. Next job on the military ships, ordering and doing the stock. I have to do that. And then uh, I skipped another job, but I was at T-Mobile. So it was a call center. So it was like customer service. So I learned the customer service. So I was able to put, well, I have to put all of those skills that I learned from all of those things together into what I do now. So it's like, it was like a path. It's a good path, yeah. Um, yeah. It's a very well-rounded path if you put them all together. Yeah, but when you saw, when you saw me in the moment, everybody was like, that boy is crazy. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes you need that to right. get to the right spot. I yeah. mean, that's just Everybody's how like, things work. He's out there working on a cruise ship in good. Hawaii. And they're good. like, hmm. When did you guys open the first Soul Taco? The first Soul Taco opened October the 30th of 2020. No, no, no. Tw- I don't know who it was. 2018. 2018. Yeah, sorry. I mean, and it's... Say <laughs> so 25th. Today's yeah. the 25th. So yeah, we're very yeah. close to the five it's days. I mean, you have a restaurant that's been year. around for five years. Yeah. That's impressive. Oh. That's super impressive. Oh, oh God. You don't it's, think so? It's I, great. I, I, yes. Survived I, uh, a pretty tough year in 2020. It's wonderful. God knows. And then you guys opened the... Um, next one, uh, not too far after the first one, right? Um, yeah. So the first one opened October 30th, tw- uh, 2018. And then, um, oh, sorry. Was uh, the first one Main Street. Ward? Yeah, that was Second Street. Yeah. Um, and then the Main Street loco- location, 1215 East Main, which is what's open now, that opened in August of 2019. And then Jufro. And then, um, there was the cabana yeah. space for a while. Yeah, we did the we t- took over the kitchen over at Cabana for a while. I think that's while. when we spoke with you. Um, like that was kind of the That's what they were getting ready you were getting ready to do. Yeah. Or we had done that because it was outside. Right. Uh and then while we were there, the former Bell and James space was there and because of COVID it was just sitting empty. So we worked with them to do a pop up there and that was our woke uh holiday pop-up nice uh, and it went so well because it was the holidays and I, you know i love christmas time and i was just like oh how can we keep this going and that's how i came up with like jufro it was just like it came to me it was my i, I say it everywhere it was my death hell raven moment because i was just like huh. <laughs> jewish and african food what do we call it uh jufro yeah and then all the ideas started pouring from there so yeah what has uh, what has it been like to have a restaurant in Chaco Bottom, which is where Jufro is located? For those of you who don't know, um, I mean, we've heard good things, we've heard challenging things, we've spoken to a lot of restaurateurs in Chaco Bottom. Like, I don't think anything you can tell us will surprise us. I'm just curious what your experience has been like. Yeah, I know it's like this the the internal struggle struggle of me being like, uh, you know, I say whatever, uh, you know, because if I didn't have a microphone in my face, that my response to that is going to be a whole lot different than what I'm actually going to say. Okay. Um, so that was my I, internal struggle. I don't think you would say anything people didn't think about, right? And I think you probably. I mean, I'm. I, I'd love for you to be open about the experience. I, yeah. I don't want to give anybody any false ideas about. But as a, having a restaurant in that area of town as an investor in that neighborhood i don't want to like talk down on it you know what i mean um, so let's, let's let's ask this question then. but what is, is what is that what does the neighborhood need to succeed like if someone's going to open up a restaurant there what would you what advice would you give them to succeed what advice would you give the city to help uplift that area mm. um I know you got opinions. I see them on Facebook. Mm. I do too. It's not like you're, not saying, you're not saying them in public. You just don't want to say them here. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I, I, 
where can I start? You know what I well, mean? Start with the like, qu- like what advice would you give a restaurateur if they wanted to open a restaurant there? First of all, well, you have to be flexible. You have to understand that when Friday and Saturday and sometimes Sunday and maybe Thursdays come, that the police are going to shut off the block at like 10. So there goes any foot traffic or traffic traffic. It's just like, you know. That's still happening now? The, yes. It does. Okay. Oh, God. Um, I'm, I'm too old it, to hang in, out But individuals there. are not there. When they shut the traffic off, everybody leaves. Well, everybody leaves before that happens. So, like, it, for me, running Jufro past 10 o'clock would be impossible. Right. There needs to be, like, some sort of structure set up for people to succeed. Like, I'll go in a different direction, like trash. Um, The trash from my restaurant is stored in an alleyway. And there is an apartment. There are three other restaurants, office buildings, and everyone on that block shares that alley for trash. The city does not pick up the trash in the alley. So we rely on a third-party service to come in their pickup trucks and pick up our trash when it gets full. So I just want to make sure that I heard you correctly. (laughs) The city requires you to put trash in a bin that they don't pick up, and then you have to pay someone else Mm -hmm. to come get said trash out of the bin that the city has required you to put in an alleyway. Absolutely. Wow. That, so th- what you're saying is, <laughs> hello, Richmond City. Maybe we should worry about this. It, it, first, it's unsanitary. Absolutely is. Second, sorry for anybody that would like to use that alleyway as, I don't know, an alley. And yes. third, there are people eating and living in that area. Exactly. <laughs> Imagine summertime, direct heat in Chaco Bottom. I would rather not. The humidity in your restaurant being open. AC pumping, and as soon as it opens the door, you smell garbage, stewed garbage. <laughs> Yum! Takes me down. This, so my next question, and there's a be, seafood restaurant on the block too. So, yeah. So you mean it's delicious oh, smelling? Is so when you and Ari are in the room cooking up the Jufro concept. <laughs> he doesn't want you to answer the other question. He's like, he's like, okay, that sounds bad. And if that's the bad, if that's like the top level, it's just going to dive straight yes. down after that. <laughs> yes. So why Shaco Bottom then is, is the next question. If that's, um, if that's the conversation, if, I mean, you, you, I you knew it know. wasn't any, I didn't know. You didn't know? No, 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 I'm just kidding. Um, why Shaco Bottom? Because the history in Shaco Bottom, first of all, where the farmer's market is prior to that was a slave market. Sure. Um, the cobblestone <clears throat> that you drive over to get to Jufro was laid, well, you know, they redid it. But it was originally cobbled and laid by enslaved Africans. And so that's a reminder in and of itself. A block over from Jufro, there was Beth. Oh, I can't. The oldest synagogue in yes in Richmond. A- absolutely. Yeah. So there's always so the been, Jewish community started right. Yeah. There's always been a Jewish and an African presence right there in Shackle Bottom, and it deserves to have a space that respects it. And um, I've been fortunate enough to be able to do that. Um, that space specifically is marked as the oldest uh, commercial space in Richmond. It's over 200 years old. You can tell. Um, but it, 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 I, I feel like it was destined for that to happen. Um, we took our staff. Of, um, so between after doing the, the pop-up and before having a space figured out, we took our staff on a um, Juneteenth, because uh, we closed down on Juneteenth. Before they made it a holiday, we, you know, it, I established like, hey, these are some of my like it's, it's sticking points. Mm-hmm. And Juneteenth, I do not work, and I don't expect anyone to. Um, and so, uh, for Juneteenth, we were taking our staff to eat at a restaurant down in Chaco Bottom because there's a lot of black-owned restaurants. I think we're like the well, there's a lot of black-owned restaurants in Chaco Bottom. So we went to eat, and we were walking from that over to Sweet Spot. 
Uh, the reason I'm not mentioning that place because it's not open anymore. But we walked over to Sweet Spot, and on the way, we saw a sign in the window in this old building, and it said for lease and rent. And I think uh, Ari maybe said that's that's the spot for Jufro. Uh, and so it just really kind of like found us yet again. So that, that's just kind of how things work with me. I uh, attribute it to my faith, but, you know, other people would attribute it to other things. Um, and Jufro opened what year? Jufro opened 2021. So two years strong. Yeah. It's always hard for me to remember like what year because we did the pop-up, but the pop the pop-up happened... Yeah, right at the beginning of 2021. Like, okay. it was January. Oh, it started the day after my birthday, January 27th of 2021. Yes. So, two years. You guys have been open as Jufro two years, or the, since the pop-up two years. Right. It's a little longer than two years. Um, so, what's... Uh, like, let's talk about the future. We've we've discussed past, lots of it, yes. in different Biblical. varied forms. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's been awesome. But, like, there's lots of things on the horizon for you. Um, uh, you mentioned in our last podcast and a, a couple of articles I read how enamored you've become with Petersburg. Yes. Which seems like a little foreshadowing, I've got to say. If I read the articles from you, I'm like, hmm, what's going on here? Like, there's been mention of it a couple of times, and now you're really making that whole admiration for that area kind of a reality for you. Like, talk about what's what this whole thing is that's happening in Petersburg that you're you know, a part of. Um, so down in Petersburg, I'm, I met these lovely, lovely people by the name of Chris and Tierra Russell. Um, and they own the House on Market down in Petersburg, which is an artist's space. Um, it's a, a standalone house that they bought and completely like gutted, redid, and it's open to people in in the arts. There's a recording studio in the basement. There's a, a space to show your art. There's an outdoor space, and it's right smack dab in the middle of downtown Petersburg. Um, they've been running that for a while. They work with the Boys and Girls Club. So like basically the modern day Huxtables, right? <laughs> Super cool people. Um, and one day... Um, we we met and they were like we have a commercial space down in Petersburg and it's a restaurant space and you know we are not restaurant people and you are a restaurant person let's you know put our heads together and, and like figure things out um, they've done pretty much everything. I don't. I don't even know that. Like we put our heads together. I think they just kind of like did it, and I was with like, it. like yes, let's do it. <laughs> awesome. Um, so I am a part of their program. They lead. They're leading all of that. I just want to make that that clear. Um, uh, but what it's gonna be is a market and like kitchen is what we're going to call we're calling it um we are going to work with entrepreneurs um in and around the petersburg area to number one provide fresh you know good food options uh to number two to help you know people to start their own thing you know, to make it an affordable way for them to, you know, get their brands out there and to do their thing. Um, and three, hopefully, like, beautify our section of Petersburg. The plan that, uh, so Tierra, she is like, um, I don't want to call her interior decorator because she also does the outside. <laughs> interior, exterior, what is that? Is that just a decorator? I, I think but so I feel like that's a demotion. Yeah, no, I, 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 I don't think it is. Interior, I mean, interior isn't better than exterior. I and mean, if you have both of them, then you just start, you just can direct, decorate all the surroundings. Right, right. Uh, so that. She has a talent for decorating, and, and that is what we like to celebrate. Exactly, How about exactly. Um, so the plan that she has for it, um, and that she's come up with and like we've kind of like all worked together um, it, the, my piece of it has just been like you know I work in the food spaces so I kind of can you know say what should happen or shouldn't happen as far as like passing food you know health um, 
sure. All inspections of, and all of that. All the things that happen when you open a restaurant. Right. Um, so that space in particular, it's called 106 Kitchen and Market. 106 Kitchen and Market? Mm-hmm. And, will, and you have any individuals that we might know of you might have in there or have you guys made that decision or will it be a rotating cast? Um, so we are hoping that it will be a more permanent thing. Um, we want to be open to whatever people can do or want to do, but we kind of want to get them into a, a position where they can be a bit more like permanent uh, and kind of like build from there. Sure. Um, so I don't, I can't really say anybody that's going to be in there definitively yet. Fair. Um, because, you know, things change and I don't want anybody to get really excited and be like, oh, well, Trace it on, you know, because sure. no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> um, but uh, I am talking to some really cool people. And I do want to keep it um, to where, you know, there are multiple different options. Oh, great. I don't want to just have like a building of everybody serving like burgers or something like that. You know what I mean? I want it all um, to be different. I'm saying that's what I want. And and in that, that's what I want. That's what I'm saying with what my business partners are, you know, we want. Of course. Sorry. (laughs) I said a lot to say we. I'm tr- I'm struggling with my my pronouns. And, no, but I love it. I love it. I mean, I'm excited. I think it would be a really a boon for Petersburg. That play, that area is really yes. blossoming, and yes. I'm excited. And to I think see on it. our last podcast, Roby mentioned she wants to take the show on the road down to Petersburg. Yeah, we were going to interview you down there. We talked about that on the last podcast. I don't know if your I don't know if your ears were ringing or your nose was we did, itchy. We did talk. That's so weird. Um, <laughs> you know what happens when you talk to someone? Their ears. I don't think their nose gets itchy. I don't. All right. What is it? Ears ring. Ears. I think it's ear. Maybe something's burning. Something's ears bur- burning. I think ears it burning. was. I think it is that. I yeah, think okay. it's that. Yeah, yeah. I got yeah. there. I got there eventually. Nose or maybe it is ringing too, though. I think it's burning. Hmm. We're never going to come up with this, but I can tell you right now what we what we are doing. You're listening to Eat It, Virginia. <laughs> oh, my ears are burning. <laughs> with Trey Owens, Roby Martin, and Scott Wise. It was so good to see Trey in in person, face to face, after our twenty. 20- 20 Zoom session, Roby. Um, I think it's been a while since I've had such an emotional interview. And I really, really enjoyed having him on. Yes, I'm looking forward to going down to Petersburg to checking out his uh, his involvement with the, uh, the market down there. That, that should be a pretty cool, cool scene. It should, be. it should be. Other things that are opening in town. Lillian Oyster Hall, which will be going in in Scott's edition. That's happening. Yep, that's from the kids of Lost Letter and Past Long Oven. That's kind of cool. Since Sarah's moving into the old Lucy's thing, they were out at Hatch Local and now will have a full restaurant of their own. Let's see what else. Uh, Isley? Mm. Yeah, that's kind of like, I mean, the Isley Brewing over in Scott's Edition, which um, I couldn't verify this, and I'm sure you know if it's true or not, but Rich and BizSense called it the first brewery in Scott's Edition. Is that, that's what Rich and BizSense said it was in 2013. Sure, right? That's tough to say because I think maybe Hardywood was the first. I don't know. I'm not getting into an argument here. They certainly were neck and neck with respect to where they are. So I don't know if it was the first brewery. I do know that there's a possibility that it isn't closing, it's just moving. Well, that would be nice because a lot of people were kind of uh, tweaked that it was closing and very surprised that it was closing. Mm-hmm. Mike Isley, um, full time or job before was as a plumber so i think that um he probably knows of other places he could go if he wanted to um and do you have a favorite isley that. brewing beer uh no i don't i've had the choosy mother peanut butter before it's pretty tasty there's a plain jane blueberry that was pretty solid it's been years since i've been to the isley which is probably not good during the pandemic i played a lot of that really big uh jenga you okay. know like the tall thing and it's very weird but they have like a little outdoor area that okay. they have a lot of games so you go and you know stand far away from people but also play large yes. kid games the weird panda so, yeah. times the pandy times leesburg has opened the 
Wine bar, Leesburg, not the whole city, but Echelon Wine Bar comes from Leesburg, Virginia. Their second location has come to Richmond over on Cary Street. So that could be fun. Gramophone opened since you and I have been doing this. Um, that's new wine bar as well. I think that's supposed to be great. And then Fanboy, did you see that? Fanboy, I saw lots of people posting the their temple. Yeah, a lot of people posting photos from Fanboy. What do you know about Fanboy? I know absolutely nothing except there's a chicken sandwich. And that you know, and everybody knows that because it's on their Instagram. Other than it's in the old temple location. Get on it, Ruby. Sorry. Get on it. Brandon and Matt reached out to me. I mean, which is he who knows why. I mean, I guess I probably could text him right now and be like, What's happening? But I didn't. Oh wait. You know, when you're open a restaurant, you don't need Roby all up in your inbox asking you questions. It's black lager season. My favorite beer in Richmond favorite beer in Richmond is the black lager from Bingo Beer Company. Think of it as a light lager, but not light in color. How about that? And it's back over at Bingo. And so yeah, I'm calling it the spooky season beer. Why is it, why is it not a year round beer? Do you know? You know, I don't know. It must be what the ingredients they have or however it works, or maybe they just took it away and brought it back. Or that's a really good question. I just know that it's back because I saw that it has come back and now I need to go back and go and pass multiple pints of it. What are you yeah. writing these days? What have you published recently and what are you writing currently that we can talk about? What am I writing currently? So right now I'm in the process of writing about Advent calendars. So if you have an Advent calendar, you make an Advent calendar, you love an Advent calendar, you know of an Advent calendar that you haven't tried, you'd be interested in hearing about, there's that. Okay. So tons of local places all over the state of Virginia actually make like cupcake Advent calendars and cookie Advent calendars and spirit Advent calendars and a whole beer advent calendar that sells out and like right outside of Kilmarnock, Virginia. So there's that. I'm getting ready to um, like like really dig in on the article about milk punch. Milk punch. About that. Is that like eggnog? What is milk punch? Kinda, yeah. So yeah. So one of them's like a clarified situation. Did you know that eggnog was invented in Virginia? Uh, I did not know that. Yep. How did I not know this? I don't know how you didn't know that, but so we knew that the birthplace of barbecue was here. So now you know that the birthplace of eggnog. Where in Virginia? We should get them on the podcast for uh, the holidays. I think that the individual that invented eggnog is probably no longer around. Hmm. Um, That that may that be a challenging interview then. Yep. I think we can um, get people who make really great eggnog on because you know how much i really really like it um yeah i don't know do we know anybody over in mount vernon just the washingtons yep just george well just just the washingtons are the ones that added the alcohol to it so we can be grateful for them for that i had a question Uh, for you yep hit me you before we started recording you said you were writing an article about like the best places to dine in Virginia beach. And I don't mm-hmm. want you to, I don't want you to spill the beans because people can read your article and wh- where can they find it? They're going to be able to find it on a big food website here soon. How about that? Oh, oh, um, oh geez. It's even more secretive than I thought it was. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited. I, I don't think want it'll come to... out next week. So we'll okay. Next, next week. So my question for you is we all see these articles when we go, when we visit different cities, we Google, where should I eat? And these kind of articles pop up. That's kind of the, the reason to Etla for these stories. It's, Ooh, like, yeah. you like that French? Um, <laughs> I did like so that French a my, lot. My question for you is, are you totally autonomous in choosing which restaurants appear on these lists? Is there, are there outside pressures on food writers to to include certain restaurants or not include other restaurants? Like how are these lists created in your experience? Not necessarily this particular list because, you know, they're all different, but in your experience, how are these lists put together? So that's actually a really great question, Scott. Um, This particular listicle, let's just call it that. um, I was completely up to me. Um, I had, I was total autonomy. I have declined multiple requests 
over many years for articles in large magazines and other online places in which th it is not up to me. So they'll choose, let's say they'll say you have 13 places to talk about and the particular publication will choose seven or eight of them. So you're only able to add in a few other ones. And I, the reason why I decline those is because I don't think that that is particularly fair to the individuals reading the article if you don't disclose the fact that these things were either paid for by the particular place to be in the listicle or there's some other some other behind the scenes that I, I as the writer don't know about. But I so I have never now I'm not gonna say that will change. I, I because you know, never is a big word, but I don't see it changing. I've never written an article that I have not been the individual who has chosen all of the, it, everything. I mean, I've had someone say, have you heard about this or that type of thing, right? And that's how I got the knowledge for how, where I've gone, but I've never had somebody send me a place saying, you have to include Burger King, Bojangles, the chicken tenders at Walmart, and this, and then you have three other places you can choose. Now, as a consumer, or as a reader, is there mm -hmm. a telltale sign to tell the difference between an organically chosen listicle and one that's maybe less organic in its choosing? It, it really sucks because there's not. Um, I, the only way you could possibly know about it is if you reach out to the author themselves. And, and then they have to be transparent and saying, hey, these seven places were not my choice. And frankly, if I wasn't, if it wasn't so much inside baseball, I wouldn't know, right? Like I would assume that all of these spots were up to the author's discretion. But because I've received pitches to write these articles, that's the only way I would be aware of it. Does that happen to you guys sometimes? Like, do, like is there like places... Like, do you ever have pressure to write about something based on something else? Um, like, does that, I mean, I know you report the news, but like yeah. in maybe a side. Yeah. Online, um, uh, pressure is not the right word, but I mean, there are like big events that we as a station sponsor. So in those cases, we're going to give those events that we sponsor coverage. But that's pretty evident from a sponsorship standpoint, right? Like you guys are pretty specific that you all sponsor like the great lemonade stand. Or that's whatever right. that's. You do. It's pretty obvious. Um, right. Like I, I think that if you were to read, I'm just going to jerk a publication out of the air that like Southern living, there's sometimes places that that particular brand has pushes for spots that, aren't the author's selection. Right. So to recap, Roby's great big listicle of where to eat in Virginia beach is appearing on a great big website sometime in the future. Hopefully, in a week. When, in a week. hopefully when you're it's hearing this, in a week. Well, yes, hopefully when you're listening to this, it'll be out. Um, and all the, all the places are my choices. And I can assume that you'll be sharing that link on your social media. I'm going to like, people are going to be nauseated about how excited I am about this because the Stomus is Scott, can we call this like the like this is where I was hoping that my writing career would go, you know, so I wrote for a national beer magazine I wrote for a national magazine on spirits, I wrote for two national websites on food and now I have if this may give it away I, this article will be on a national food website that I use religiously when I'm going out of town. Little Roby's dreams are coming true. All the dreams coming true maybe on Wednesday of next week. We're looking forward to reading it and congratulations and happy birthday. Well, what a time to be Roby. I know. What a time to be me. This episode of Eat It Virginia. <laughs> Eat It Virginia? <laughs> This episode of Eat It Virginia. <laughs> no! Oh, God, no.